When I was in high school, I played football. And my football coach, his name is Coach Stroud, Mark Stroud, one of my favorite people in the world. Well, he did this thing when he was coaching where he would use these short little stories and little phrases, and he would always try to teach us lessons with these little short words, sentences, and phrases. And I'm going to give you some of these and see if you can make sense of what he was trying to say. Because unfortunately, a lot of times he would say these things to us, and he would just look at us and be like, you got it? We'd be like, no, we have no idea what you're saying. So here was one. Uh, One time, he looked at my friend Harrison, and he said, hey, 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 whatever you do, never get a case of the cluckings. Ever heard that before? Never in my life. No, no idea what that's about. You've heard it before? Oh, your hand was up. I thought you were like going to be the only person in the world that ever knew what that is. I don't believe you. What does it mean? It means don't be like scared to do things. Don't be a chicken. Mmm. You're probably right, dude. That's, that's, wow. Did anybody else get that? Because I didn't get that. That's good. You got it? Okay. All right. Now, here's another one he said. He would say, all right, men. He called us men. He'd go, all right, men. We got to get over there and we got to burn the ships. And we'd be like, dude, coach, what are you talking about? What does that one mean? I don't know. Somebody help me. Huh? Okay. Want to try it? What does it mean? Don't turn back. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think, Josh? Destroy. Yeah, quite literally. That's what that means. And then he would say, he would say, hey, you cannot be the guy standing on both sides of the line because you're going to fall. And he'd just stare at us and wait for us to get it. And we'd be like, coach, what? are you talking about? Here's my favorite, my personal favorite that happened when I was in high school. One day he had the entire team sitting down together. It was before a big playoff game, like one of the biggest games of the year. And he said, hey, you keep throwing breadcrumbs in the water and it might come back a ham sandwich. We were like, like, what are you talking about? Like when you would expect a huge like hype speech before the playoff game, he said the thing about a ham sandwich. And he's like, all right, let's go get, let's get out there and win. We were like, what? What does that even mean? What do you think it means? Because I've got no idea. It might mean like the littlest thing you do to help in the game will make a big difference later on. You're probably right. My coach, my coach would be proud of you guys. Do you have a guess? Yes, that's exactly what he meant. Well, my coach, Coach Stroud, he, he would say these things, like I said. He would try to be helpful, but unfortunately, a lot of times, these things just didn't really help. Well... In the Bible, in the Bible, there are these things called parables that Jesus uses in their little phrases, their little sayings. Sometimes they're like a short story that he tells us, and it's supposed to teach us a lesson. And a lot of times, most of the time, they can make sense. We can study them, and we should study them. We should get to know them as Christians to know the lesson that Jesus is trying to teach us through these parables. So this summer... We're doing a series, and we're going to talk about a new parable every single weekend. And today, as you can see, we're talking about salt and light. So if you have a Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 5, and we will look at verses 13 through 16. Like I said, a parable, it's a short story used to teach a lesson. And he used these parables to teach lessons throughout his earthly ministry. And they are packed full of really good, really helpful things that we need to remember, we need to learn, and we need to learn how to apply these parables to our lives. So today we're talking about salt and light. So let's look at Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. It says this, 
You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. All right. He starts off and he says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, put, let's, just, let's just think back. Let's think that we're, you're on a football team. Everybody here, we're on a football team together. And the coach says, hey, you are the salt of the earth. Without further explanation, I'd be like, okay, I don't know what that means. I'm salt. Cool. Do I taste good? What's the point? Well, we're going to get into the point because it's really good. Salt has two primary purposes. Number one being to give flavor to food. You guys like putting salt on your food? Yeah, me too. Flavor to food. And then the other thing that it does is it prevents food from going bad. Did you know that? Salt can actually prevent food from going bad? That's pretty cool. What did you say? Preservative. That's a big word. Good job. Have you ever eaten food that was so bland and so tasteless that you took a bite and you were like, oh, wow, that needs some salt. And then you add salt to it. You done that before? Yeah. You've never done that? Who said no? You've never done that? I don't know. No, no. Never in your life? Come on, man. Well, salt is good and it makes food taste better, especially when it's bland, right? Well, salt also preserves food because it draws the moisture out of the food so that bacteria can't form where the food is. So it makes your food taste better, and it preserves the food. So look, just like salt makes food better, Christians should make the world better. You understand? You are the salt of the earth. You make the world better. As a Christian, Jesus says that you need to live very differently than the people who don't know him are living. And all through the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, 6, 7, and on, he says a lot of things about how his followers should behave. And here's just a few things. He says, don't be angry with others. Don't have hatred in your heart for others. Forgive others when they hurt you. Be honest. Don't return evil for evil. Love your enemies and be generous to needy people. Don't be judgmental towards others. And he says, treat others as you want to be treated. Right? I know that was a lot. You don't have to write all that down. But the point is, Christians are supposed to act different than people who don't know Jesus are acting. We're supposed to be doing all of these things. And it all can be summed up in Colossians 3.12, which says, Put on, then, as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. These things should define your life as a Christian. Compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So if you are taking the words of Jesus seriously then you will be like salt to the earth. You will be making the earth better, be making the world better wherever you go. If you are the salt of the earth, you will have a positive effect on the people around you. You'll bring positive energy. You'll bring positivity instead of negativity wherever you're at. And in doing so, it's like you are adding flavor. You're making the world better wherever you go. As you're following Jesus and you're behaving the way he says that you should behave, you're going to be influencing others to be positive as well. Do you guys know that good attitudes and bad attitudes are contagious? 
Did you know that? Have you ever been around a group of people and they're just complaining? Like, oh man, I hate school. I don't like this teacher. This class is too hard. I don't like this. I don't like that. And pretty soon, what are you doing? You've joined in. Oh, me too. Oh, this is the worst. I can't stand this. Oh, oh. The, neg- the negativity, it takes you over. But in the same way, positive attitudes are also contagious. Maybe you've been around people who are just really happy and really joyful. And whenever you're around these people who are happy and joyful, you can't help but feel joyful yourself because they're being positive. They're saying good things. They're loving. They're being kind. They're being compassionate. And it will push you to do the same exact thing that they're doing. So as the salt of the earth, Christians need to be spreading things like love and kindness and patience and and gentleness and grace to others around them. I'm going to read a list of words, and I think that you're going to know exactly what these words are. Here they are. Love. Joy. Peace. What's next? Patience. Patience, Kindness. Goodness. Faithfulness. Gentleness. And self-control. What are those? Those are the fruit of the Spirit. As Christians, you should be living out and embodying these fruit of the Spirit. And if you really are living out these things, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, if you're doing these things, then people are going to enjoy being around you. You're going to be bringing positivity and love and kindness. You're going to be the salt of the earth whenever you are living out these things that Jesus says you should be living out. A person who is the salt of the earth is someone that people are going to enjoy spending time around. People need to know you as someone who's positive, who lives out the fruit of the Spirit, who is someone to be fun to hang out with. Not just because you do fun things, but because you are enjoyable to hang out with, because you have a positive attitude, because you are spreading all of these positive things that Jesus is talking about. You've got to be the salt of the earth. And Christians, you need to have this good attitude. You need to be the salt of the earth all the time, even whenever life is hard. Even whenever something difficult is happening, that's no excuse for you to start treating people poorly and not living out the fruit of the Spirit. We should be defined by this. It should be happening all the time, right? When when times are hard, it's easy to get down. Whenever you're going through something hard, it's easy to just get down and negative and complain and bring people down with you, but we shouldn't be doing that. Christians, you should not be behaving that way. You should always be doing your best to be living out the fruit of the Spirit, to be the salt of of the earth. And just how salt keeps food pure, you, as the salt of the earth, should be pursuing a life of purity. That means a life of obeying Jesus, of of staying away from sin, of staying away from evil. You should be obeying Jesus' commands to love others well. You should be careful about the way that you treat others and the things that you say to other people. You should be careful about the things that you think. Because when you live this pure life, Your behavior is going to have a positive effect on people that you hang around. And you'll be the salt of the earth. But here Jesus gives a warning. It's important that we listen to this warning that he gives about being salt of the earth. He says, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. So, if salt ever loses its saltiness, it's not good for the two things that it's meant to do anymore. Because if salt isn't salty anymore, it's not going to taste good. 
It's not going to have any effect on the food that you're putting it on. And it's not going to preserve the food that you need it to preserve. So if that's the case, if salt loses its saltiness, the best thing for it, the most useful thing it can do is to be thrown out the window so people can walk on. That means that if it loses its saltiness, it's completely useless. There's no use for it anymore. In the same way, if Christians are not being the salt of the earth, we're pretty much good for nothing at that point. That's what Jesus is communicating. He's saying if you're not being the salt of the earth, if you're not showing people love and kindness and living out the fruit of the Spirit, then, then what's even the point? James 2, 14 through 17, it says, What good is it, my brothers, if anyone says he has faith but does not have work? Can that faith save him? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. So Jesus is giving a warning here. He's saying, if you claim to be a Christian, if you profess the name of Jesus, then you need to be the salt of the earth. You need to be living these things out. So here's point number one. Be a good influence on others. Be a good influence on others. Because if you're not, if you're not being the salt of the earth, then you are as useless as salt that has lost its saltiness. We don't want to be that way. Jesus continues on. He moves from salt to light. And he says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. He says his followers, his disciples, are the light of the world. So we have salt of the earth, light of the world. And just like salt, light has an effect on the world around it. So salt has an effect on food. When you are being the salt of the earth, you have an effect on the people that you are around. And if you are being the light of the world, you're making an effect, a positive effect on the people that you're around. Right? And it's interesting that Jesus says this. It's interesting that he says, you are the light of the world. Because in John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness but will have the light of life. So if Jesus says that he is the light of the world, then how can he also say that we are the light of the world? Well, he says this because Christians, the light that you're shining, it's not just the light from inside of you. What you're actually doing is you're, you're reflecting the light that comes off of Jesus Christ. It's not about you and your good works. It's all about shining the light of Jesus to the world. Christians are like mirrors. Think about it that way. Have you ever held a mirror up to the light and it reflects and it like gets in your, your eyes? You know whenever like you're in the car and somebody's phone is sitting up and then like you drive and the sun gets in it and then it blinds you all of a sudden you're like, oh, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, you're like a mirror. The light that you're shining, it's not just you. It's Jesus and you're reflecting that. You're shining that to the world. So Jesus is the light of the world, and you are shining the light of Jesus to the rest of the world. So in that way, you are the light of the world. You're supposed to be like Jesus. So as you become more like him, the world will see him in you more. So light. Let's talk about light. What exactly does light do? It's not a trick question. It lights up the dark, right? When it's dark, and you flip a switch, 
The light comes on, and then bam, you can see. The world without Jesus is dark. And what I mean by that is it's evil. It's sinful. It's dark. So as a Christian, we're not saying it's your job to turn a flashlight on and shine it in dark places. We're saying it's your job to shine the light of Jesus onto the world, onto the people who don't know him. So how does this work? Well, when it's dark, physically dark, it's really obvious when light turns on, correct? If we turned off all the lights and it was pitch black outside and we couldn't see anything, and then one of you pulled your phone out and we saw the the light, it would be obvious, like, whoa, there's finally light. Everybody could see it, right? It's obvious whenever light is shining in darkness. Well, when someone is, is really following Jesus in today's world, when you are really following after him and you're living out your faith the way that the Bible says to live out your faith, it's going to be obvious. You're going to be like this light shining in this really, really dark world. Who, who was at the park hangout on um, Friday? Let me see your hands again. This is a really cool story, and you guys don't even know about it, but I'm going to tell you. When we were at In-N-Out, you guys were so well-behaved and so polite and so kind that there was this, this couple there, and they came up to me, and they said, you guys have to be a church group, right? What church are you from? You guys, you guys have to be Christians, aren't you? And I said, yeah, we're from, we're from Compass Bible Church. This is our junior high ministry. And they were like, we, we think this is so great. Like, we, we love seeing this. Like, wow, like just, this is so good. You didn't even realize it, but what you were doing by being kind and showing love and being on your best behavior was you were shining light in the darkness. I'm not saying in and out is an evil place, okay? <laughs> but what I am saying is that when you are following Jesus closely, it's obvious. It's obvious. You're going to shine the light in the darkness. And that's exactly what we've got to do, and that's what you guys were doing. So keep doing it. Well, how can you make sure? How can you make sure that you are shining your light into the world? Well, first of all, very practical, you have to be sharing your faith with others. You have to be sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with others. That's what it's all about. The world without Jesus is dark, it's evil. And what do they need? They need Jesus. And guess what? If you're a Christian, you know what you have? You have Jesus. So you need to be sharing your faith with other people. You've got to make it a habit to be sharing your faith. The Great Commission is in Matthew 28. This is one of the last things Jesus said before he ascended into heaven. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. There are so many people around you who don't know Jesus. I want you to just, just think with me for a second. Even if you don't realize it, there are people around you all the time who don't know Jesus. How many of you guys go to a Christian school? Christian school? There are students at your school who do not know Jesus. They may know about him. They've heard the gospel before, but they don't actually trust in him. So those are people that you could be talking to about the gospel. You can be having conversations. Hey, do you know what it really means to trust in him? Do you think that you really don't? Have you ever repented of your sin? Have these conversations with people. Okay, who's homeschooled? Homeschooled. Hopefully the people in your home are Christians, okay? But that doesn't mean that you're never around people who don't, believe in, who don't believe in Jesus. You guys are probably on sports teams. You're involved in some kind of extracurricular activity. You have kids in your neighborhood probably who don't know Jesus. 
The point is, you are around people often who don't know Jesus. And we have to start seeing that. We have to start praying and saying, God, help me to see the people in my life that don't know you so that I can share the gospel with them. Help me to be shining the light of Jesus wherever I go. Next thing, how can you be sure that you're shining the light of Jesus? You are the light of the world when you love others. When you love others, you are shining the light of Jesus. So so just like being the salt of the earth, being the light of the world means obeying Jesus, means living out your faith. So as a Christian, you need to put your faith on display for the world to see. People need to know. You need to show people that you're a follower of Jesus. Everywhere you go, everyone you talk to, they should know that you are a follower of Jesus, that you trust in him, that you have been saved by the good news of Jesus. Guys, make sure we're paying attention over here. Everybody should know that about you. So I want you to think about it. How are you treating other people? Don't tune me out. Answer the question in your minds. Answer it honestly. How are you treating other people? Are you shining the light of Jesus through your actions, through your words? How are you treating them? When people see you, do they see the love of Jesus in you? Are they seeing the light of Jesus through you? Or are they just seeing you? It's one or the other. And they need to be seeing the light of Jesus in you and through you. When I was moving here a few months ago, back in February, my dad and I were driving our U-Haul through Texas. I mentioned that last week too, but it was like pitch black in the middle of the night in Texas and no street lights around, nothing. The only light that we could see was the light from our headlights in this big U-Haul truck. So it's dark, like really dark. We're like, whoa, we're in the middle of nowhere. This is crazy. And then all of a sudden, up ahead, we see this little light. And we're like, oh, that's cool. That's a light. Okay, we're, we're on the right track. We're getting somewhere. And we go, minutes go by, miles go by, miles go by, and it keeps getting a little bit bigger and bigger and bigger. But then we start realizing, oh, it's actually up high. It's up high. And then we're realizing we're going uphill. And then we're like, oh, that's the city. That's, that's the city that we're going to be sleeping in tonight. And the lights are shining. And the closer we get, we can see it's high up. We're like, oh, it's, it was so obvious that that's what it was. But, I mean, it took another 15 minutes for us to actually get there. So think about how far away we were. And we could still see the light in the dark, way up there, a tiny little bit, but we, it was obvious that's what it was. As we get closer and closer and closer, we get into the city and then lit up. There's all these crazy lights everywhere. As the light of the world, you are like a city on a hill. If you are shining the light of Jesus everywhere to everyone around you, people are going to see it. You're going to be like the city on the hill that me and my dad saw. It's going to be clear. It's going to be obvious that you're going to be there shining the light. People will see it. So here's number two. Show the love of Jesus to everyone. Show the love of Jesus to everyone. Because when you are shining your light, you will be like this city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Now, if you're going to be the light of the world, then you have to do something really important. You can't hide your light. 
If you say, I want to be the light of the world. I want to do this. I want to be a city set on a hill. I'm going to do this. Then you have to make a decision. And that decision is, do not hide your light. Here's what Jesus says. Now, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others. You guys have lamps at your house? Yeah, you probably do. What if you woke up one morning and your parents had the lamps on and then they went and they just covered all the lamps with blankets? What would you say? Is that a normal day in your house? I hope not. <laughs> That's weird. You'd be like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? Covering a light, covering a lamp with a blanket, it doesn't make any sense because a lamp is supposed to give off light, right? When you turn a lamp on, you're turning it on so that you can see better. It's supposed to give off light. If you cover it up, it defeats the entire purpose of what the lamp is for. So as the light of the world, you cannot cover up the light. As the light of the world, you're the people who, who have the love of Jesus, and you're supposed to be sharing it with the world who don't know him. You can't hide the light. It wouldn't make any sense. It would be the exact opposite of what Jesus commands you to do as a Christian. Your faith in Jesus should not be a secret. Your faith in Jesus should not be a secret. Sometimes you might think to yourself that you can believe in Jesus, but you're just going to keep it all to yourself. You may, maybe you're going to think to yourself, I'm going to believe, I believe in this, but I don't really want to be the person that's always sharing my faith. I don't want to be that person, so I'm just going to believe, but I'm going to keep it quiet, and I'm going to go to heaven, and it's all going to be happy, and it's going to be great, but I don't want to tell people about it. That's not what Jesus says a Christian does. That's the exact opposite of what Jesus is saying a Christian should do. If you say that you're a follower of Jesus, pay attention, guys. If you say that you're a follower of Jesus, everyone should know that about you. It shouldn't be a mystery. I should be able to go up to your friends at school or your sports teams or whatever, and I should be able to say, hey, is, is this person a Christian? I should be able to say, hey, is James a Christian? And all of James's friends should, be able, should then say, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, he talks about Jesus all the time. I know he goes to church. I know he loves Jesus. He's even told me about Jesus. And he's even said to me that, that he hopes that I'll love Jesus one day because Jesus loves me. Like, yeah, I, he's, he's a Christian. I know everybody knows that. That should be you. If you say that you're a Christian, if you say that you follow Jesus, then people need to know that about you. You need to be shining your light. Don't keep it a secret. Don't cover it up. Shine the light. Have you guys ever watched one of those really super cheesy Christian movies? You guys ever seen one of those? So cheesy. Well, a few years ago, I watched one. I don't remember what it was called. Not important. It was really dumb. But it's about this lady, okay? And this lady, she was working at this office, and people in this office were like really, they just didn't like Christians. And, and she was included in it. She didn't like Christians either. But then she became a Christian. And then she starts to try and tell all her friends at work about Jesus, and they don't want to hear it. They don't like it. They're just like, we don't want to hear this at all. And in every scene where she's trying to tell someone about Jesus, there's this other lady in the back corner of the room, and she's just like standing there. And like after the third scene, 
you're like, there's the lady again. What is she doing? She's just not, not doing anything. You're just standing there. And the whole movie goes by. And at the end of the movie, uh, this lady who's in the background walks up to the main girl who became a Christian, and she says, hey, I just want you to know that I really appreciate what you're doing. I, really, I think it's really great. Like, I believe in the same stuff you're talking about. Like, I believe in Jesus. Like, I'm a Christian. And this, the main lady was like, great, that's awesome. Like, I'm glad. But, like, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't, like, I've been trying to tell people, like, why didn't you ever say anything? And this, this lady goes, that's just not my style. I just, not my style. And then the movie ended. <laughs> so dumb. I don't know. But, like, okay, hold on. What? It's not your style. What do you mean it's not your style? Christians, we don't get to choose what our style is because Jesus tells us what to do. And he tells us that we have to be sharing our faith with everyone. So I don't know what was going on with the writers of that movie, but for that, that's just not, that's crazy. They do not understand the point of what we're talking about today. It shouldn't be a secret. Your faith in Jesus should not be a secret. But like we talked about last week, you're going to be tempted. You're going to face times where you just think it's best to not share your faith anymore. Sometimes people are going to be mean to you. So you're going to be like this lady in the movie where you're trying to tell people and they're just telling you that you're dumb and you need to be quiet and we don't want to hear this anymore and just stop. Sometimes you're going to be tempted to just say, okay, I'm done. I'll believe it. I believe it, but I'm not going to talk about it anymore. That's still not a good reason to stop being the light of the world, to stop being the salt of the earth. People might make fun of you, and they probably will. You know what? I'm not even going to say probably. They will. That's going to happen. As you're getting older, and you're telling your friends at school about Jesus, at some point in time, someone's going to make fun of you for believing it. But that's to be expected. Jesus told us that, and we read about that last week. But we still have to keep going. We still have to keep sharing our faith with other people. Because like we said, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You have, you know, the one way for salvation. So you should be telling everybody all the time. You got to be determined to not put a basket over your lamp or put a blanket over your lamp. But you need to put it high up on a lampstand. So I asked this, this question a minute ago. You guys have lamps at home? Or does you have a lamp at home? I'm assuming that all of those lamps are like this tall and they're sitting on the floor, right? No? What? What are they sitting on then? A desk or a table or a lampstand? Yeah, it's sitting up high on something. What's the point? Why do you put a lamp on something like that? Why don't you just put a lamp on the floor? So that you can see better, so that it lights up the room. Right? When you have, whenever you want to sit in a chair and read, you guys read, right? I think that you do. We'll just say that you do. When you sit in a chair and you want to read, you turn a lamp on and... But if you're sitting in a chair up here and there's a lamp on the floor, you're not going to go, oh, I need that lamp on, and then the light's not reaching there. It's not getting very far, right? You put a lamp on a lampstand so the light will reach out further. You, as Christians, you have to be determined to put your light on the lampstand. Does that make sense? You have to be determined to show your faith, to be proud of your faith in Jesus, to lift it up high like a city on a hill so that it will go out into the darkness and that people will see it. You should put your faith in Jesus on a lampstand. And Jesus, he also says this. He says, let your light shine 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. You don't shine your light. You don't shine the light of Jesus to make yourself look awesome. If you're being nice to people because you just want the recognition and you want all, you want the glory, then your motivations are wrong. You don't understand what we're getting at. Because Jesus says very clearly that you shine your light before men. You are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth to glorify God. That's our motivation. That should be your motivation. To live this out because it gives God glory. It pleases him. If you want to please God with your life, you want to please God with your life? I hope that you do. If you want to please God with your life, then be the salt of the earth and be the light of the world. Live out the fruit of the Spirit. Share the gospel with your lost friends. Put your faith in Jesus on display for the world to see. Here's point number three. Never hide your faith in Jesus. Never hide it. Always put it on a lampstand. Always be shining your light to the world for everyone to see. Jesus makes it very clear that Christians need to be following his example closely. So are you being the salt of the earth or have you lost your saltiness? Are you being a light of the world or is your lamp covered up with a blanket? I want you to think about it. I want you to answer those questions honestly in your mind. And if the answer is no, I'm, I'm not, I'm not doing this, you need to repent. You need to do it. You need to obey. Let's pray. God, thank you that your word is clear about what you expect us to do, how you expect us to live as Christians. Thank you for not leaving us to, to guess and, and to be unsure about how to follow you. You've given us the directions. You've given us your word, so please, God, help us to obey it. Help us to be the salt of the earth. Help us to be the light of the world. Help us to not ever keep the light to ourselves. Let us never be tempted to stop sharing the gospel, to stop loving other people, to stop living out the fruit of the Spirit. But please help us to please you with our lives. Help us to be sharing our faith with people so that we can see other people come to know you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.